please join your hearts together with mine as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that you bring us through Jesus. At this time, we pray that you would remove distractions from our hearts and minds, open our ears to hear your words as you speak truth by your Spirit. In the name of your Son, amen. It was just a couple of months ago, really, that I got to go on a wonderful road trip with my dad. And one thing, uh, though different about my dad and myself, our biological clocks run slightly differently. See, I like to wake up a little after sunrise, you know, when the birds are awake and there's light out and that kind of thing, and, and wake up, you know, at a normal time. I'm not talking 10 or 11 o'clock. I just mean like a little bit after sunrise when, you know, lights are up. Dad, on the other hand, uh, well, the moon is generally still up. Uh, it's dark out, and I think the sun still has a good two to three hours before it's ever going to crest the horizon when my dad is up and running. So when we went to embark on this road trip, uh, I drove up there on the night before we were going to leave. He lives just up the road in Wildemar, up the road in Wildemar. And uh, we got up there a little bit late on Tuesday night, and he said, all right, son, tomorrow's Wednesday. We're going to be driving out. We're going to leave around 2.30 or 3. Whew. All right, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Got it, Dad. Good. Uh, Maybe I'll just stay up all night. That might be easier. So a little anxious about leaving and going. I tried to get some sleep, and uh, my eyes pop open, and I realize it's still dark outside, so I said, good, I'm not late. Uh, He wasn't knocking on my door at all, and I look at the clock. It was 1.30 in the morning. It had been maybe two hours since I laid my head on the pillow. And I thought, okay. I got another hour, maybe. And I look out my door, and my dad's light is on. The man was already awake at 1 in the morning before I even got to, it was way too early. Anyway, he came in, and he goes, all right, well, hey, looks like you're up. Let's get going. We're in Wildemar now. we got to make it to Redding by lunchtime. Like, Redding? That's like nine-tenths of California that we have to drive across to get up there. But that's where we went. The beautiful part about that whole thing, not that whole moment, it came much later. The beautiful part about that whole morning were the sunrises that we got to see. And being with Dad, I got to see a lot of sunrises that week, seven of them, because it was a week. And so Dad was always up early. But nonetheless, as we were driving along, uh, we had made it to Tracy, California by sunrise. I don't remember off the top of my head exactly where in California that is, but it's above here and somewhere around Central California on the way moving into Northern California, almost. So, sun starts cresting, and it looks like this. This fog overlaying the agriculture and the land, this kind of deep, almost, you know, confusion of what things look like as everything's blurred out. And as the sun slowly rose through that fog, it just created a beautiful morning. A beautiful opportunity to see that sun break through all of the fog and cloud and everything that was laying on the earth. I think of those women going to the tomb that we heard from Mark's gospel, right? Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, and there's another Mary, and Salome, and and all of the ladies that were going to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Quick note. Uh, burial in the Jewish tradition is much different than ours. We tend to take care of it rather quickly and sanitarily and, and fast. 
You see, the process in the Jewish mindset and in the Jewish tradition takes almost a year because you would go and prepare the body right after death and you would bring spices, not so much to preserve the body, but to help with very practical things like stents and other things. And so you'd prepare this body and you would get the body ready that day. And then about a month later, you would come back, do a little more preparation. And then about a year later, you would come back and really put everything that's left, all the bones and everything, into their final resting spot, a little ossuary box, and set that in a niche off the side of a tomb that's carved out in the cave with you know, the rest of the family. And then that open space again would be prepared and ready for the next loved one that was to enter that space. So here the ladies are coming in the day after the Sabbath, because if you remember, Jesus died just before the beginning of the Sabbath, and it was a bit of a rush to get him into the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and everybody. And so as he was dead upon the cross and these ladies held on to this dead Jesus, they knew there was no life in him, no breath in him. There was no doubt he was dead. They took him to the tomb and they laid him there saying, all right, he's here, he can rest, we will take care of him after the Sabbath when it's lawful for us to work again. Why do you think about that for just a second? Go all the way back to creation. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bringing everything into order and creating everything. And after uh, the final pieces of creation are put into place, after God creates man and woman and says, it is very good. What did he do? He rested on the seventh day. Good Friday, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he was up there for us. He was up there dying for our sins, carrying our thirst that we thirst for, and carrying all of our brokenness and everything upon his shoulders. And as he was on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. It is filled up. It is complete. All sins have been accounted for. And he breathed his last. And they laid him in the tomb on the what? For the Sabbath. He rested on the Sabbath because he was in the tomb all of the Sabbath. And sometime after the end of the Sabbath and before the sun had risen on Sunday morning, Jesus was alive and walking around and out of the tomb and he was no longer dead. So you can imagine the surprise on these ladies' faces as they walk in expecting a dead Jesus inside of this tomb with one concern on their minds. Who's going to roll the rock away? Very practical, right? If you're going to go into that setting, that would be a big concern. Because remember, the Pharisees said, look, this Jesus said he's going to rise on the third day. And just so there's no doubt, we're going to have a big stone rolled in front of this tomb and sealed. And if you've ever seen any of those setups for those stones, it's not just like a little door or a little rock that you place inside it's a big stone that would set on an angle so that once it's rolled in place to get it back open again is a feat. Not easy. So for that to be sealed, and as the Pharisees asked Pontius Pilate and the Romans to seal it with even more with wax and the seal of the emperor upon it and a Roman guard in front of it, which interestingly enough, the ladies weren't worried about the Roman guard. Maybe they could handle that. I don't know. But 
They were worried about the rock. And so they show up and they're like, this rock is here. We know Jesus said he's going to rise again. We believe in the resurrection. I'm sure somewhere in the next year of taking care of him, Jesus will rise from the dead. Or at some point when he deems right, he will rise again. But for this moment, they went with their normal daily duty to go and take care of a loved one who had died. So to see a rock that had been closed, this big stone rolled out of the way, that's surprise number one. Two, Jesus wasn't there. That would be a huge surprise. This guy that they knew was dead the day before had risen. The sun had risen from the dead. He was alive and walking around, and he was not dead. Now, the tomb wasn't necessarily empty. There was an angel there. That kind of be surprise number three. Because remember, angels in that time were pretty frightening. They're not generally what Renaissance art has given us as effeminate, floaty beings that are hard to see or very stoic or anything like that. No, our God is the God of hosts, an angelic army. This is a spiritual warrior soldier that is standing in the midst of the tomb with all of his bright raiment presence and everything else that's going on as he stands there and the ladies are freaking out and that's actually a better translation when they said they were afraid no they were freaking out and the angels didn't just say hey it's cool he said stop freaking out it's okay your jesus whom you thought was dead is alive this jesus is alive for you and he's not here i can imagine the ladies going well yeah we don't see him but our jesus as that angel had let them know he was alive and that his word was true and that what he had promised about rising on the third day had happened. There was no doubt in any of their minds. And so as Jesus had risen and they said, look, just like he said he was going to, as angel lets them know he's going to go ahead of them into Galilee, that they will see him there, that they will be able to walk with him there, that they will be able to eat with him there, and that he has risen for the forgiveness of their sins and that his word remains true. His promises were true. His life for you is true. As he has risen for your sakes as well. So what's that mean for us? Kind of interesting to think of. Many of you have heard those beautiful, gracious words of God that you are loved and forgiven on account of Jesus from the days that you don't even remember speaking. You've heard that word spoken into your ears from infancy, and that's beautiful. I pray that you hold on to that as a treasure, because not everybody has that same opportunity. There's others of you, I'm sure, that somewhere along later in life, God's word kind of rose up like a sunrise in your life, a different light being shown into your darkness, a different kind of light switch being flipped to where all of a sudden you see that the emotional and spiritual and kind of physical thirst that you had for something outside of yourself is now filled by that Christ, filled by that Jesus, filled by his word and his promises for you to where there was a darkness and a separation before and now there's a light and a life afterwards. It changes the way you see things because things are lit up and bright and they're wonderful as you see life with a new perspective because of Jesus being alive in your life. Again, a wonderful, bright, 
treasure to hold on to. Something that may too often be taken for granted. But when it clicks, it's amazing how life changes. And how excited you get to be able to share that word with people that your Lord is alive. Now, his promises still remain true. And as he had promised the ladies and as he had promised his disciples, he would rise from the dead. And then when he ascended, he made another promise. I will come back. And that sunrise is going to be a beautiful sunrise as well. I mean, just think, as darkness lays over the land, now we don't know exactly when Jesus is coming back. Maybe he will rise up as early as my dad does. I don't know. We will see him alive, though. And when he comes back, the light that he brings upon the earth will outshine any darkness. It'll outshine any light that you have ever seen that makes your eyes hurt to look at. It's going to be the brightest, most joyous, wonderful Easter morning ever because our Lord will be not only risen but walking around with his creation once again as heaven and earth are brought back together to exist in the same plane once more as Christ will walk with his people once again and gather all of those who carry his name unto himself. That sunrise will be beautiful when the sun is risen once again. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, as you have risen him up in our lives by your word, by your promises. And we pray, Lord, that by your Spirit you continually Give us the strength to hold on to the promises you give us in our baptism that we are your children and that you will gather us unto yourself when Christ returns. And we look forward to that first beautiful sunrise in the new creation. In your son Jesus' name we praise and thank you. Amen.